Terry Savage, the nationally syndicated financial columnist and author, joins us on Wednesdays. We always remind you to look her up at terrysavage.com, and you can listen to what we're about to do as a podcast after the show. Go to wgnradio.com. On the John Williams page, you will find all of this. Terry Farron, dog, said to us this week he thinks the next Fed move is going to be 50, not 25 basis points. That's what the market's saying. Believe it or not, there's a futures market that actually calculates that. And it's about a 63% chance after hearing really? Paul speak this morning that really? it will be a half a basis point. Yeah, And, and you know, here's how it reflects, because we all worry about, you know, well, we talk a lot about our, our opportunities. Right now, the six-month Treasury bill rate has jumped up to 5.298%, like 5.3%. Now, you and I have been talking about this for the last seven, eight months when it was just a little over 4% and you could only get a half a percent at the bank. Now we're talking about close to 5.3%. But longer-term rates, like the 10-year rate, that's still under 4%. It's just been bumping up against there. So what the actual markets, where money puts its mouth, is saying to you, the Fed is going to break inflation, so you don't have to demand such high rates if you're lending your money for 10 years or more, because inflation shouldn't be a problem out there, but that in the short term, like three months, six months, maybe even two years, mm-hmm. two-year Treasury notes now, a little bit of smidgen over 5%, that the Fed is going to be tougher and raise rates more than everyone had expected. So now, coming up in the next little bit, don't ask me what the little bit is, all of us who bought T-bills and got four and a half, let's say, when the six months is up, you might get a chance, because that could happen in the next month, two, three months as your T-bills mature, to switch into two years and maybe lock in rates over 5% for two years, and we'll see if that's a good idea. But basically, what, what Paul has been saying is, we are not getting, we're determined to get inflation under control. We're still not, we haven't reached our goals. And so we're going to either stretch this process out longer or possibly make a bigger rate jump in the next time to 50 basis points. But nobody's thinking rates about short-term rates going down. They're thinking about short-term rates. What does that say about the people that locked in at 4%? (laughs) They have waited a little longer? No, 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 because look, they got 4% when they were getting like 1.2% in the bank. And remember, sometimes every once in a while, someone brings up laddering my T-bill saying things like, well, I don't want to put it all in at one time, even though it looks really good now because of two reasons. A, what if rates go higher? So maybe I'll hold some off and do some next month. And B, at the other end, when they mature, at least I'll have some locked in if rates go down. And I'll have an opportunity to invest again if rates go up. So yeah. it's n- not all your eggs in one basket is the idea of laddering. Okay, 312-981-7200. That's not the only thing on Terry's mind. But what also is on yours? 312-981-7200. Here's your chance to... <laughs> if, if we only did a show about T-bills and I-bonds, we could be here all day, every day for infinity. 312-981-7200. Maybe you've got a question about that or something else. That's why we're here. Um, Terry, before we jump into texts and calls, yeah, you think the, the market says it's going to be 50 basis points in March. Anything else you want to lay out there? No, 
I, I think this is, I wrote a column, and those of you who signed up for my newsletter, which I is free, so I get to write it when I'm in the mood, and I hadn't been in the mood for a while, but I sent one out on Sunday night, and basically most of what I wrote is in a column posted at terrysavage.com, and and it talks about what the what the challenge is here for the Fed. Um, what happened to the market is the title of it. And I started it out with uh, these lines. Clint Eastwood said it memorably. Do you feel lucky? Now superimpose Fed chairman's Jerome Powell's face on that line. And it, and he's really saying to the stock market, do you feel lucky? Um, and right now the stock market is not feeling lucky. I don't even know what good fortune is anymore. It seems like every time we get good news about jobs, then the market says yeah. it's bad and the interest rates go up again. Exactly. And we'll have another report on Friday. And what's happening is that a lot of people have dropped out of the job, the unemployment market. They're not being counted. So the unemployment numbers will look very strong. And beyond that, there are a lot of people, there's still almost two jobs for every job seeker. So a lot of jobs, things maybe people don't want to do, are going unfilled. And then ask yourself, over many, many years, I'm not talking about people swimming across the borders illegally. But over many, many years, a number of those jobs were filled with immigrants that were legal as well as illegal. And those people are are not coming in those great numbers, at least not the people that came to America to seek jobs and send money back to yeah. their family. Yeah. They're coming to bring the whole family to get away from, well, arguably terrorism or whatever. But the point is, we have a we have a lot of things that touch on the job market. In the name of our retirement funds, I want to stand on a soapbox and say, everybody stop buying stuff. Because if we all stop buying stuff, then demand will go down. And if demand goes down, then prices will come down. And if prices come down, then the Fed doesn't have to raise interest rates to try and bring them down. And if interest rates go down, then the markets will go up. So in the name of our retirement, I say, everybody stop buying stuff. Want to know what's wrong with that? Mm. Then the corporate earnings of all the companies that make stuff and sell you stuff, whether it's Walmart, et cetera, et cetera, all their profits will disappear. I mean, I'm saying they shouldn't, but all those profits will disappear and the stock market analysts will say, oh my goodness, disaster for retailers, disaster for everything except necessities, maybe grocery stores. Um, and they will say, ah, sell, sell, sell. And so stocks will go down first. Hmm. Okay, I got anyway. another soapbox. I'm going to stand up and say, everybody buy stuff. Everybody go out and buy stuff. <laughs> Don't do that because the demand will, but when we can't really fulfill all the demand because we're having layoffs already. And, and so the demand will exceed the supply and it'll push prices up and that'll be inflationary. And Fed Chairman Powell will say, oh my goodness, we've got inflation. We'll have to raise rates higher. So don't, don't go out and buy stuff. And don't go out and not buy stuff. John Williams, please ask Terry Savage if she agrees with this headline, Stock Market Will Crash in 60 Days. Best-selling author on Lehman Collapse Warns. Stock Market Will cr Crash in 60 Days. I just don't know 60 days from when. And what's it could be three years from now. Oh, okay. Maybe someday. I mean, someday. that's a good Once bet that someday we'll have another stock market crash. But 60 days from when? Those are the things you get in your email. I know. I get that all the time. And I okay. never book those guests. Please, I know you don't, and thank goodness for that. But they're designed to get people's attention. What will you do? Will you, you know, will you store toilet paper? What will happen when the end of the dollar? What will happen when the government defaults on its debt? All those kinds of things are designed to get you to subscribe and sign up and buy make their them book. Rich. 
Please yeah, ask Terry Savage, where can I find information about what the interest rate might be on T-bills before the auction? Okay, I will show you exactly how I track it every minute. Um, the, this is how I track. I mean, I could tell you right now at this moment, because, you know, there's an auction rate. And then during the week, there's an aftermarket, a multi-trillion dollar market where T-bills are bought and sold among big institutions. The yield is like the price of them and you can track that if you go to cnbc.com and look under bonds right now for instance oh look what just happened i said it was 5.29 something yep the six month t-bill is now trading at 5.306 so let me go to the i watch this on my phone but if you go to the home page and on cnbc for example and you'll see all those, you know, the markets, the Dow's down 195, the S&P's down, whatever it is. Right across the top, you can click on gold and get the gold price. You can click on bonds. And when you click on bonds, it will show you immediately the U.S. tenure, which is now a 398. But if you click on all bonds, it will show you the treasuries, of the three and six month treasuries. So the site where you are is? CNBC.com. I mean, that's always on yeah. on. But this not. But you know, it's interesting because this guy said, or this gal said, whoever it was said, um, "Where can I find information about what the interest rate might be on T bills well, oh, before so, before the auction?" Okay, okay. Pardon me for a quick story. Way back in the way back, <laughs> and I'm talking about 19, probably 79 or 80. When I first uh, got on TV at Channel Five, I was still a trader at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange monetary market. And I used to be on at four o'clock in the afternoon giving, you know, personal finance tips. But I realized then in those days, everybody could buy only one thing they could buy that was market-based. Six-month CDs, the rate on T-bills was announced after the close at six o'clock at night on the Monday auction. They announced the result. And then your CD, if you hadn't renewed and the rates went down, you were mad. Or if you had renewed that day and the rates went up, you were really kicking yourself. But I was trading in the T-bill market. I said to the bosses, and Joy Luloff was the anchor. We've talked about this recently. Let me come on for the last two minutes of the show. I'll be the kicker. I'll tell people, because I'm watching the trading market, what the rate's going to be. So I'd get on and say, if you have a six-month uh, CD re- today, don't renew it. Tomorrow, the rates will jump a quarter of a percent. People thought I was a genius. Or renew it today. The rates are going to drop tomorrow a little bit. And that was because I was watching the trading market, not because I was a genius. And you can watch the trading market under bonds on CNBC.com. If it's on your iPhone, you just look at bonds and then you click on uh, U.S. Treasuries. And it will tell you at any given moment. So if you look at about 10 o'clock in the morning, unless some big announcement were to come out on a Monday morning, you get an idea. You'll never know exactly until the auction's over what the average yield was, and you as an individual buyer agree to accept that. But you'll know within a few basis points what the yield's going to be. More of your calls and text messages for Terry after the news. She'll be on the other side. 847 said, what do you think about municipal bond funds for tax-exempt advantages? And a lot of you have questions about the T-bills and the I-bonds. And the, we, haven't been, we haven't even been taking tax questions much these days, but April is right around the corner. Uh, let's uh, start with Roberta. 312-981-7200. If you've got a question, 312-981-7200. Roberta, what can we do for you? Hello. Hi, this is John. You're on the air. Go ahead, Roberta. What's your question? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm uh, interested in buying T-bills, 
And uh, I was wondering, I'm on the uh, elderly bracket, and I'm thinking of my children. Can I put them as a beneficiary on them? Yes, Roberta. You're obviously not too elderly because you're sharp. You've thought of this in advance. When you open your account, you can name a beneficiary. You can name a beneficiary for certain bonds um, or, you know, and, and, or treasury bills. You can name them for your I bonds. And for each security you, that you buy, you can name a beneficiary. So that's, that's do you do easy that when for you, you to do. Do you do that when you buy them or is that something yes, you take? Yes, do that when you buy them. Okay. That sounds good then. And you know, uh, Roberta, you're going to not buy those through your bank. You're not buying those through a broker. You're going to treasurydirect.gov. You need your bank okay. account number, your bank routing number that's on the bottom of your check next to your checking account number, your social security number. But Roberta, if in fact you had created something called a revocable living trust instead of a will, then you wouldn't have to name beneficiaries on your bonds because you would buy these bonds, you would open your account in the name of the Roberta Living Trust and your daughter may be the successor trustee and when something happens to you, the trust itself says, we're gonna distribute these equally to all my children or equally to all my grandchildren or whatever. So maybe the first step before you open any financial account is think about how you wanna title it. If it's in your name, then it's gonna be distributed by your will unless it's an account like this where you can name a beneficiary, but probably better to update your estate plan and create a revocable living trust. Good advice, Roberta, and good luck. Good call. We'll go to Michael next here on WGN. Michael, how can we help you today? Hi, I was wondering if I could ask Terry a question about uh, I have some money in an estate account, and I'm wondering if I could buy T-bills uh, from that estate account. Yes, you can. I've, I've had people, nonprofits, for example, um, small small businesses, go to treasurydirect.gov and you will have either a taxpayer ID or social security number or a taxpayer ID number and you absolutely can buy in the names of that kind of organization. Sure. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate the help. You bet. 312-981-7200. Terry, how do I put an I-bond in our trust? Is that all right on the website? No, um, it's hard to change that. When you bought that I-bond and you bought it in your name, you made sort of an irrevocable decision. And in order to put it in the name of the trust now, you'd literally have to sell the bond and buy another one. And you don't want to give up yeah. the great rate you have going. You can open another account, this is weird, in the name of your revocable living trust. And even though you had $10,000 with the bonds in your own name, which, by the way, you can add a beneficiary to, but and, and you should do that. And in fact, there's a, an answer I just posted with directions on how to add a beneficiary. They say it's easy, but I, I made them give me an online tutorial on how to do it, and then I wrote it up. But you can name a beneficiary for the bonds you already have. Even though your revocable living trust uses your social security number, which is on your individual account, you may open another account in the name of your revocable living trust with the same social security number and buy $10,000 more bonds, even in the same year, I-bonds. Here's another question from a listener who says, what's the difference between a money market account and a CD, which is better? A money market account and a CD, a CD is a certificate of deposit. And typically you would get well, it's not typical anymore. Banks are not giving you any good interest in either a money market account 
or a CD. A CD has a fixed term. A money market account allows you access to your money by writing a check or transferring the money out with no penalty. So if you think you might need the money in three weeks, you're going to leave it in a money market fund and probably get a little lower interest rate than you would in a CD. But CDs, you, you can break out of what there's a penalty. And if you instead bought treasury bills, you would get probably a much higher rate. But you can't get at it until the treasury bill matures in three or six months. This is uh, Karen. You're on WGM with Terry Savage. Hi, Karen. Hi, guys. Um, I have a question. All of our assets are in IRAs, and we have been told that we sh- can't put IRAs in a trust. Is that true? That's true. Your I, you, your trust could be, well, let's put it this way. Your IRA is totally separate, and you should name a beneficiary. Now, right. most people should name an individual as a beneficiary. And in the olden days, about two or three years ago, there were some really terrific rules that would allow beneficiaries to younger ones, especially to stretch out the growth of that IRA and only take small distributions and let it keep growing tax deferred over their lifetime. Those rules have changed. Right. And now, depending whether you're a spouse or a non-spouse, all the money's going to come out in 10 years. So in general. So, but you should always name an individual as an IRA beneficiary or two individuals plus a successor if one of them happens to pass away um, and you don't get around to changing it. But you're, you don't have, most people, most cases, you don't want to make your revocable living trust the beneficiary of your IRA. You would rather name an individual. Okay, so if we just have IRAs, we should have a will as opposed to a trust. Well, do you own a house in joint name? Yes. Okay, here's what happens. And we hate to think about this, but your spouse has, uh, let's just say, a stroke and, it, and is paralyzed and in need of care and can't, is, cannot act on his own. If you had your house in joint name, you probably would have a difficult time selling it if the court said, you know, he can't co- contract anything because he's, he's in a coma, let's say. So a revocable living trust has a couple of flexibility advantages over and joint name in that kind of a case. So consult with, I want to say this, if you're about to do this, number one at terrysavage.com on the right, scroll down, Terry talks, it's a video that I made for a big insurance company mm-hmm. and I posted it, the difference between trust, revocable living trusts and wills. Number two, there's a website, search-attorneys, plural.com, which is the website of the estate planning bar. And number three, there's our good friend, Carrie Peck, the best estate planning attorney in Chicago. Yeah. Carrie's worth a phone call there for sure. Good luck to you on that, Karen. Ray has a question for Terry Savage. Hey, Ray, what can we do for you? You're on the air. Hi. Uh, we took a student loan out for my son and the university um, used it for the semester we already paid. So now I have about $25,000 that I don't need for a, roughly six months. Um, wondering what to do with that money. There are a lot of complications in there. You you have the proceeds of your student loan and they were distributed to you? Yeah, well they they just they went backwards and um paid paid for what I had already paid for, so then the university sent us a check. Oh, of your own money back. Yeah. But you're going to need it next semester. Correct. In 6 months. Well, so what Yeah, well, so- it, you yeah. could you could put it in, in a six-month treasury bill 
but depending on how much money it is, it might not be worth it. Maybe just leave it in a money market fund, knowing you have a short-term time horizon. Yeah, but and you're going to want to write grand, checks out. 25 grand, 5%. What, uh, that's, you're talking well, serious coin there, aren't you? Uh, not a lot, bucks. actually. Okay. Dinner. Okay, but it, it, if you want to open a treasury direct account, you can. But you just got to know that you're the money will, when the money will come back, six months, when it matures, and whether you just don't want to miss the deadline yeah. for paying your school tuition and then get a penalty. Okay, I hope that helps. And Terry, you always do. We're out of time again today, Terry. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> we always appreciate your help. Let's talk next Wednesday. Absolutely. Thanks, John. You know, she referenced her website a lot. That's terrysavage.com. And if you need to hear something again, just go to wgnradio.com. And a little after two o'clock today, this conversation will be podcast on the John Williams page. More business news now. Here's Steve Grzanich. Start your timer. It's time for the Wintrust Business Minute, sharing Chicago's business news of the day. CF Industries is moving its headquarters from Deerfield to Northbrook and cutting the size of its offices by more than half. It's the latest example of a company adapting to remote work and lessening demand for workspace. CF is the world's largest producer of ammonia for agricultural fertilizer. The company has signed a lease for space at One Estellas Way in Northbrook. According to Cranes, it's been in Deerfield since 2007. Seven new restaurants have been added to the Michelin Chicago Guide, and it could mean those eateries are in line for coveted stars. Avlai, Indian, Rue, Sueno, the Izakaya at Momotaro, Union, and Pompette are the newest additions. Cranes reports the restaurants could end up receiving a star from Michelin as soon as this spring. Those stars are usually announced in the spring. The restaurants include a mix of Greek, Indian, Mexican, Japanese, and American. 23 Chicago restaurants earned a Michelin star last year. I'm Steve Grzanich, and that's your Wintrust Business Minute. And the business of food with Steve Alexander. Thank you, and we're sponsored by the Chevy Silverado HD. Experience your life in HD. Visit ChevyDriveChicago.com. It's a big day today. Today is actually International Women's Day. Yeah, that's the voice of Chicago food royalty. I would be the queen of breakfast, yes, sir. Ina Pinckney, who generations of Chicagoans remember from her restaurant that revolutionized breakfast. Yeah with a fine dining breakfast restaurant. Everything I did was to give you an experience you had never had before at a breakfast restaurant. I had no idea what I was doing. And I mean that, I had no idea. I just did it. And did it well for decades. And among her many, many fans was WGN's own Wally Phillips. Wally was so genteel and so kind. And even when he was having more dementia, his wife would bring him because he would have all these old memories that would come back. Ina's story is so rich and interesting. She cooked for Julia Child. She danced with Fred Astaire for crying out loud. And you can learn a lot more about this Chicago treasure in her memoir and also a documentary. It's on Amazon. It'll make you cry. Well, Tears of Joy will be on the menu at a charity wingding in April. 75 chefs are going to be having an 80th birthday party for me as a fundraiser for my favorite charities. Ina closed her restaurant nine years ago. She spends a lot of her time now helping younger women do what she did. I need them to understand that they have more power than they think and make sure that they understand that it's up to them to speak the truth about who they are and what they need. And today she's with us to talk about a campaign called She Brings the Heat. She Brings the Heat is an extraordinary collaboration with Food Mix Marketing Communications and Smithfield Culinary. And they realized that the statistics were pretty grim, that only one in four chefs and head chefs were women. 
they decided that they were going to shine a light on this issue. Yeah, you can see more about She Brings the Heat at smithfieldculinary.com. One thing that hasn't changed much over the years for women in professional kitchens, they can be overlooked and underestimated. But as Ina found out years ago... You know, there's great power in being underestimated. Ina Pinckney, thank you. My pleasure, thank you. That's the Business of Food on 720 WGN. Here, I was talking on the radio last couple of days about the great view at Wolf Point when you go to Gibson's Italian, look east on the river. But I was kind of forgetting one of the great views of the city if you're having a libation would be up in the Hancock building. Nicole Benolkin is the managing director of 360 Chicago. And there's a cloud bar up in the clouds up there. Nicole, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you today? Thanks so much for having me. Tell me about this. Oh, gosh, it's a beautiful view from here today. We've got blue skies. We can see Lake Michigan. Uh, We are the 94th floor of the Hancock Center, 875 North Michigan Avenue, as it's known now. Uh, And we are um, a 17,000-square-foot observation deck, uh, and we recently cut the ribbon on Cloud Bar, which is an expansion of the food and beverage offerings that we had there. So we now have almost 100 seats uh, and a beautiful bar designed uh, by the Gettys Group, um, an incredible design firm here located in Chicago. Um, And we have partnered with some amazing partners from all over the city of Chicago to bring a great cocktail program and awesome food and beverage offerings to our guests who come from all over the state of Illinois and all over the country. And gradually we're starting to see our international visitors recover and return as well. Now, there's been a restaurant and lounge up there. Is this a new physical space or have you just reimagined some of the area that's there? Just tell me a little more physically where I am when I get off the elevator. Sure, sure. So you may be referencing our friends at the Signature Room, which are the 95th and 96th floor. Uh, And that operation, as you mentioned, uh, has been a mainstay in Chicago for many decades, and they are still there. Uh, We're located on the 94th floor, so we're a bit of a different experience. There is a a, a ticketed entry into our space. Um, And once you get in there, uh, you have the freedom to move around as you would like. so you can purchase a cocktail, you know, a glass of sparkling wine or, or one of the cocktails that we've created with the Kit Kat Club at Cloud Bar. And you can take that with you as you explore our 360-degree views um, around the entire floor. We also have Tilt, which is the thrill feature that we introduced back uh, in 2014. Uh, and, and so we really provide sort of a, a really dynamic uh, and uh, free-flowing experience for our guests. Um, and uh, a great cocktail program to support it. So um, is then Cloud Bar, that f- it's, it's just the bar, it's on that floor, it's uh, a little more open, it sounds like, a little more free-flowing there. Yeah, that's right. So we do have seating for about 100, but we can welcome uh, 450 people on our floor. So there's plenty of room for a guest to, to grab a drink at Cloud Bar and then walk around uh, at their own pace and at their own leisure and enjoy all of the views that we have to offer. Huh. Um, you said it's ticketed, so do we, how do I get the ticket then? Uh, well, the best way to do that is to go to uh, 360chicago.com. Uh, we sell um, a, a variety of ticket options on our, um, on our homepage. Uh, the best value is called Sip, Tilt, and View, and that gets you entry into the observation deck, uh, plus a cocktail from um, uh, Cloud Bar and 
the opportunity to experience tilt. So that's really sort of the whole shebang. Yeah. Uh, but there's also tickets there that will uh, get you, you know, just entry in tilt or entry in a cocktail or if you're sh- short on time. You can also just do uh, a, a ticket for admission. Tilt, is that where, uh, describe that device. So, yeah, tilt, uh, tilt we introduced a couple of years ago. It is uh, our thrill feature. The only one of its kind in the world, we hold the international patent on it, John. It's a steel and glass structure that can tilt eight people at a time <laughs> outside the face of the Hancock uh-huh. to 30 degrees so that you're looking straight down on Michigan Avenue below you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not for the not for the faint of heart. Yeah. But, but what a fun feature! I I I think if folks were in town, or if you're looking for something different to do, I think sometimes we forget about that because you're not going to walk by that room. But remember that tall building, go up 94 floors, and there it is. And you're also featuring drinks that sort of recollect the various neighborhoods of Chicago, right? Yeah, that's right. So we have. Uh, incredible partnerships with the Kit Kat Lounge, and we have amazing cocktails that have been crafted to reference Old Town and Pilsen uh, and Bronzeville and other neighborhoods that we feature throughout our experience, and we share the rich history uh, and the rich community story out of these neighborhoods. And then ultimately you can buy a cocktail that is in honor of each of them. I was looking at some of the names of the drinks. Like one of them is called Layover. One of them is called, um, there's a Manhattan on there, right? I, do, do you know what yeah, I'm talking the, about? Yeah, yeah, the Old Town Manhattan. And then we've got one called Feeling Tiltsy, which is a little bit of a play on Feeling Tipsy. Uh, and that's the one that we encourage guests that are maybe a little unsure about experiencing our thrill feature. Maybe a Tiltsy will help get them the liquid courage they need to, to get out and uh Tilt 30 degrees over Michigan Avenue. They've cut the ribbon on Cloud Bar, a $2 million lounge on the building's 94th floor at the 360 Chicago Observation Deck with food options to come, too. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I really want to get up there. You will see me soon, Nicole. Thanks for giving us a tour. Oh, we would love to welcome you, John. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the time, and we hope to see you uh, over at 360 Chicago soon. 360chicago.com for that ticketed entry. Nicole Benolkin is the managing director.